the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Maybe you're fearful and afraid because of things that are happening around us. But God says, I have not given you a spirit of fear. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth right from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Today we are picking up in our message titled Created by God, going over the very beginning in Genesis chapter 1. Man puts a lot of trust in carbon dating, which is not accurate because carbon-14 fluctuates. These calculations cannot be proved. And the same goes for potassium-argon dating. If things change, the, the elements change. They both date the Earth between 4.3 and 4.5 billion years old. Again, honestly, how can you prove that those dates are real? Really? 4.5 billion years ago? Do, what do we compare that to? Have you ever considered how much a billion is? I mean, how much is a billion? Let's just take one billion. So let's just say you have decided, I am going to count to a billion. Okay, so if you don't eat and you don't sleep and you start today counting to a billion, it's going to take you 32 years to get to a billion. That's a long time. Okay, that's how much a billion is. They say, if you take a step, the average guy taking a step is two feet, two feet, two feet, four feet, six feet, eight feet. Okay, so it's like if I'm going to take a billion steps, I decide I'm going to go on a little stroll and I'm going to walk a billion steps. How's it, where's that going to take me? Am I going to get to New York? I mean, where am I going to go? No, the earth is, is, is 25,000 miles in circumference. If you take a billion steps, you're going to walk around the longest part of the earth, and you're going to do it 15 times. That's how much a billion is. The point is that that is a crazy number, to say the least. You know, now understand, the oldest major civilization known to humanity is a Mesopotamian civilization. So, so we can trace things back. Like we know like, okay, well, they made a Model T and right after 1900, you know, what is it, 1901 or 1903, whatever it was. And that's when they made, okay. And you can trace things back by, well, we know this happened here. We know Christopher Columbus, you know, they, you know, discovered America here. And I mean, you know, you can go back in time. Okay. We know that Rome was established and we know that the Colosseum was built in this time. And see, you can age things by what you know, the oldest thing that humanity knows besides saying, oh, this bone is 100 million years old. Oh, okay. But what we know for sure is we can trace humanity back and the oldest civilization is traced back to 33 to 3,500 years ago. That's the oldest thing that man can say, we know that people existed here 3,500 years ago. And that is known in modern day Turkey, Syria, and Iraq, that area there, which by the way, just happens to be where Noah got off of the ark when the flood was over. 
Other ancient historical records agree in substance with the Bible's short chronology, meaning God created the heavens and the earth in six literal days, and he did it approximately 4,000 years B.C. You ever read in your Bible and you get to these, you know, genealogies? You know, you're reading through numbers and it's just like, and this guy begat this guy, begat this guy, begat this guy, begat this guy, this guy. And then you're just reading for chapters and it's like, and this guy had this guy and this son was this son. And then you're just like, how was your Bible devotion today? It was very meaningful and thoughtful and not. That was the worst reading of my life. And you're thinking like, what is with these genealogies? They're so boring. I was like, ah, oh. but God put them there for a reason because we can trace from Adam and Eve every genealogy, all the years and how long they lived all the way up to Abraham. So we know because God recorded it for us. Oh, it's boring reading. I'll give you that. Okay. Oh, it's boring. But if you trace those genealogies, it'll take you from Adam and Eve to Abraham, 2000 years. From Abraham, genealogies, Isaac, Jacob, all of his sons, his 12 sons, you know, going every genealogy all the way up to Jesus Christ, the birth of Jesus Christ, 2000 years. Here we are today, 2,000 years from Christ. It's like we have a genealogy that tells us exactly where we are. Obviously, scientists have denied God's claim here to the creation, and many have embraced it, believing everything evolved on its own through billions of years. And again, why do they have to go back so far? Because if everything's going to make itself out of nothing, it's going to have to take a heck of a long time. But why do we do this? Maybe it's man's intellectual justification. I have to intellectually justify why I have rejected God. Maybe it's to try to somehow escape from our personal responsibility to the creator himself. But it will not work. God will not allow you to be off the hook. He says in Proverbs 14, 12, there's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Oh, if you want to reject me, you want to reject me as a creator, you want to say that we came through some big bang explosion and everything made itself and you came from monkeys and your great-great-grandfather's a chimpanzee, he goes, you can believe whatever you want. But guess what? He says, you have professed yourself to be wise. You have only become a fool. And he says that in Romans chapter 1, verse 22, actually. Because he says in verse 20, the very creation speaks of my glory, which we had mentioned earlier. And he says, if you reject this, you will profess yourself to be wise, but you will become a fool. God says that word fool in the Greek language means you are senseless. You are senseless to think that the complexity of everything that is around us, how the eyeball sees, how the ear hears, how the mind can intellectually understand things, how you can smell, how you can taste how you can touch, how you are set apart by genetics, how you have a DNA strand inside you that's different than everyone else. And you think that just all created itself? He says, you have professed yourself to be wise. You will become a fool. You are completely and totally, utterly senseless. And those are words spoken from God himself. And that's a sad thing that many God-fearing Christian believers have tried to somehow embrace both ideas. Well, I don't want to look like an idiot to the scientists because science is always right. So I don't want to look like an idiot. So we somehow try to embrace both of these ideas and put them together. Somehow, yes, God created matter and energy and therefore the evolutionary process took off from the very matter that God created. This is called the gap theory, like somehow between Genesis, you know, chapter one, verse one and two, there was a gap of millions of years, maybe billions of years. 
This was where many fundamentalists thought that they could bridge that year gap between evolutionists and the biblical account. Like, let's all just be friends. Let's get married here. It'll be wonderful. You can believe that we all came from monkeys, but we know that God started that whole gene. And so, yes, it came through that whole process. How sad that we would strip from God his glory of his ability to create from nothing, as he told us in Genesis verse 1. Obviously, it doesn't work. Look again at what he says in verse 2. He says, And the earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Yes, the earth was without form, and it was void. In the Hebrew, that means that it was filled with disorder and emptiness. There was nothing there. But that's when the Spirit of God began moving over the surface of the waters. Wow. Stop and ponder that just for a moment. Think about the condition of our own lives before we ask Jesus Christ to come into our heart as our Savior. Were we not just the same? Were we not formless, filled with disorder and emptiness? My heart was like a grand canyon of emptiness when I came to know Christ. We were all like a wasteland. We were like a wilderness of emptiness and nothingness. Leaving us, as the Bible says, before creation, we were void and full of darkness. But as the creation, the Spirit of God moved, and he reached out to us just like creation. And the Bible says in Romans 5, 8, that God demonstrated his own love towards us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ didn't come to a people that were wonderful. He came to a people that were lost and broken. Let's not forget the last book of the Old Testament, the book of Malachi. God stopped talking from that point on. 400 plus years that God didn't even speak to man because of man's rebellious attitude and desiring to have religion and not relationship. But Christ came and he died for us while we were yet sinners. Yes, we were sinners. We were separated by God because of our own sin nature. We were lost in darkness and disorder was in our life. Yet God had a plan for you and he had a plan for me. Even as he had a plan for the very creation of the earth. Notice how his spirit moved over the darkness of the void of space. The name God in verse 1 comes from the Hebrew word Elohim. It's a plural sense of God. Yet it's used in a singular meaning. Meaning God is more than one, but yet he is one. We see this taught throughout the Bible. In the Pentateuch, the Torah, of the law of God, later on in Deuteronomy 6, 4, he brought this very thought up. And he says, look, he says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord, Yahweh, is God, Elohim, more than one. Then he says in the very next sentence, the Lord, Yahweh, is one. The Lord is more than one, but yet he's one. And we see this demonstrated throughout the scripture where God reveals himself as the Father, as the Son, and as the Holy Spirit. And here, all the way back in Genesis, we see God move over the formless void by his Spirit. We're told in Colossians chapter 1 that Jesus was at the beginning and all things that are created are created by him and for him. We see that in Colossians chapter 1. So now, just like his Spirit moved in our dark hearts, as he opened our eyes to see a savior, a friend that would never leave us or forsake us. Yes, he is that one that's a comforter. He's the advocate, the Greek word parakletos. He's one called alongside to walk with us by the holding of the hand. Jesus prevailed over the chaos 
into our lives, over the disorder and the darkness that was in my life, lost as this young man, parents divorcing when I was 16 on my own, getting a girl pregnant in high school, getting into drugs and drinking, complete chaos in my life. Never went to church, went once in my life with my parents. I guess they felt guilty one time. Had no idea who God was, completely lost, living in sin, doing all kinds of things. And yet they're at a kitchen counter, not in a church. It's like someone told me about this Christ who came and died for me. And he brought order out of disorder. He put light in my life that was filled with darkness. Isaiah put it like this in Isaiah 44, 2. He says, thus says the Lord who made you inform you in your mother's womb. And he will help you. And he says, do not fear. I wonder how many are filled with fear today. And we're living in crazy times right now. I mean, look at all the things that are going on, the riots and all of this. Everything's racist all of a sudden. Everything's bigotry. It's like, oh, my goodness. Now we're calling for defunding the police. No police, no prisons. Oh, that's great. Oh, well, who are we going to call? Ghostbusters. I don't know. It's like, what are you going to do? It's like, this is insanity. Look what's happening. Do we really think we're better off with no police? Really? I mean, do you, you think that culture and society is better with no police? Have, have you lost your brain? It's like, you think that just everyone's going to be good? What happens with all these little, you know, utopias that are set up? What happened to CHOP up in Seattle? Oh, that's right. That had to be dismantled because of the murders that were going on up there. I mean, it's, it's like you cannot have all of this going on here and not think like, oh, my goodness, there is evil in the world today. Look what's happening. Maybe you're fearful and afraid because of things that are happening around us. But God says, I have not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. God says, you know, he says, look, in Jesus speaking, he says, look, in this world, you have tribulation. It goes against what you hear by many faith preachers. Oh, yes, have you ever your blessing today? Just come to God and be blessed today. Be blessed. Jesus said, in this world, it's going to be filled with tribulation, hardship, difficulty, It's going to be miserable at times. Look throughout the course of human history. We've been spoiled in America. Forget this last 30 years of, you know, spoiling we've had. But look around the world. Look at the the disorder. Look at the murders. Look at the things that have happened in our world. Look what the prisons are filled with today. Look what's, what's, what's gone on. Jesus said, you'll have tribulation. But he says, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. You put your faith in me. You don't have to fear. There's a lot to fear, but he says, you don't have to fear. God had this plan for us from the foundation of the earth. He knew us, and he formed us in our mother's womb, he said. And he knew that we would be alive in these last days. Look, we could very well, absolutely very well, could be the last generation of people on this planet. Adam and Eve were the first generation. We could be the last. Things could fall apart here. It could happen. And then what's going to happen? Just exactly what Jesus said. The Bible prophesied about Jesus coming, and it also prophesied about him coming again. He talked about apostasy that would happen, a great falling away from the faith, and that people in the whole world would turn against God, and that that would lead to a seven-year tribulation period. That's what the Bible has predicted, and we are right on track with exactly what it said. He said in verse 3 in Genesis 3, he says, God said, let there be light, and there was light. This is the first place in the Bible that records God actually speaking. Yes, the first words of God brought light. The Father is the source of all things. His Spirit is the energizer of all things. And His Word is the revealer of all things. 
Jesus is called the Word himself. In John 1.1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So the Word was in the beginning, at the very beginning. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then verse 14 says, And the Word became flesh, and we beheld his glory. Yes, God came to the earth, lived as a man, flesh and blood like you and me. And he walked with us for one reason, to bear your sin and my sin on his body on the cross. Yes, God commanded light to shine out of darkness. And let's not miss this. The same God that called light to shine upon the earth is the same God that has called Jesus to shine into our hearts. I love that verse in 2 Corinthians 4, 6. He first quotes the second verse of the Bible in Genesis. He says, for God who said, light shall shine out of darkness. He's quoting Genesis 1, 2. Then he goes on to say, is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Yes, when we receive Jesus Christ in our heart, he also fills us with his light. So we can be a light that shines in this dark world. That's why Matthew 5.14 in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. You should not be hidden in this time of darkness that we're living in now. He says, you're the light of the world. But know this, we are not the light just because we're the light. No, it's because Jesus is the light and he lives in us. He's the light. The Bible says in Romans, I'm sorry, in John 8, 12, he says, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Jesus fills us with his light when he fills us with his Holy Spirit. This is spoken of in the Old Testament book of Joel. Joel chapter 2, verse 28 says this. He says, and it will Come about after this. Come about after this. After what? Well, if you go back to Joel at the beginning of chapter 2, he talks about return to me so that I can return to you. So when we come back into this relationship with God, that's why the Bible says, that says, repent therefore and return to the Lord so your sin may be forgiven. Repent and return to me so your sin may be forgiven in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. So so when we return to him, he says, then all this will come about. He says, I will pour out my spirit on all mankind and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. That word prophesy there comes from a Hebrew word that means expound on the truth of the word of God and your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. See, he's given us a snapshot of what it will look like in the end times where his spirit will pour out upon all mankind. It didn't do this to the Holy Spirit. There was only those few people that had the Holy Spirit on them. But us here in the last days, he says, do you not know that you are the temple of God and the spirit of God dwells in you? It's not about a building. It's not about a stained glass window. It's about you. You personally having the spirit of God in you. And also in the book of Isaiah, he says in Isaiah 44, 3, he says, for I will pour out water on the thirsty and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessings on your descendants. And that's where we are today, where we can be the houses of the spirit of God dwelling in us. Yes, God said, let there be light. This is not the sun 
the S-U-N sun, that's, that's not created until the fourth day. This was a different light source. Maybe it just flowed from God himself. Maybe when, as we get to heaven, we will understand this type of light because he tells us this in Revelation 22, 5, he says, and there will no longer be any night or we will not have the need of the light of a lamp nor the light of the sun, S-U-N, sun, because the Lord God will illuminate them and they will reign forever and ever. So there's no more sun when we get to heaven. It's just, it's just light. It's just God. This is the light that he's talking about here in verse 2. So obviously, you know, here we are. You know, God has divided now uh, the day and the night because he's created this light that was at the end of the first day. And because, you know, he calls out the end of each day a day, there is no reason to believe that it's more than a literal day. The word day that's used here in the Hebrew language comes from the word yom. Yom never means a period of time like thousands of years because there's different words for that. If you go to Second Peter and he talks about in the last days, you know, one day will be like a thousand years and a thousand years will be like one day. That's a different word. But here in the Hebrew, in the first chapter, the, the word that's used here is yom, which never again means anything more than a 24-hour period. Now, before God calls each day, this each 24-hour period, notice he says, after evening, and morning, in verse 5, it was one day, one yom. After evening and morning, in verse 8, it was the second day, one yom. After evening and morning, in verse 13, it was the third day, yom. And so on. God called each day of creation a yom, Hebrew word yom for day. So it was a 24-hour period. So the first day, he separated the light and the darkness and he called them night and day. On the second day, this is where God separates the waters. It appears that God had what appeared to be like a greenhouse effect. He instituted here the atmosphere now, along with two things that, are, that other planets don't seem to have, and that is oxygen and water, which is necessary for human existence. Yes, earth is a unique planet. It has been created by God. It's been created for human habitation. In verse 7, God created the expanse, or as the King James Bible says, the firmament, meaning space or heaven, as it says in verse 8. Space or heaven. That means that there are different levels of heaven, including all of space. Now, Solomon referred this uh, when he was talking about building a house for God because he was wondering, how do I build a house for God? Now, my, my father, David, wanted me to build this house. So, but how do I build a house for God when the whole heavens can't contain God? So that's why he said in Second Chronicles 2, 6, but who is able to build a house for him? For the heavens and the highest heavens cannot contain him. Yes, God created all that is seen, that is known, that is unknown, and that is unseen. You know, we live in a solar system, and scientists have told us that they have actually found and named 500 other solar systems. Now, what constitutes a solar system? That it has something like the sun and at least eight planets that are rotating around it. So we live in a solar system. We have the sun. There's at least eight planets that are rotating around the sun that we have. Okay, so that's what constitutes a solar system. Now, they're saying we have found 500 other solar systems that we can name that are just like ours. But all of these scientists are saying we think that there's maybe up to 100 billion solar systems out there. They're saying it's just too big. 
the more we look, the bigger the telescopes, the more we just, our minds are blown with what is out there. I like how Isaiah, the prophet put it in Isaiah 40, verse 22, he says, God sits above the circle of the earth. Then in verses 9 and 10, on the third day, God separated the water from the land. God again spoke it into existence. Let the dry land appear, he said. Solid land masses started rising up. And then there was an intricate network of channels and reservoirs that opened up to receive all the waters that were retreating off of these rising continents. Then in verse 11 to 13, God plants a huge garden with a mass vegetation around it. All these plants yielding seeds like their own kind, trees bearing all kinds of fruit, all with the capacity to make itself. Yes, God made each plant, each tree, and all vegetation with its own complex genetic code or DNA strain. That's all the time we have for today's message. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app available on iOS and Android. Core Church is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA one word, that's Core Church LA, to 77977. And remember, there's a God in heaven who loves you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.